it's just such a sweet jam. I love our opening theme song. It's so good. It's so good. Anyways, welcome to Casa Live, everybody. We are here. We're actually here this weekend. We've had some scheduling changes here at the live show, but we're here this weekend. Uh, and we have some more news about that probably closer to the end of the hour. Alex has some uh, some updates to share with everybody along with uh, a little bit of legislation and things. But we'll start the show right out with some hey, how are yous? Kristen. No, Kristen's muted. I'm going to defer to Alex out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, how we doing? I came I came ready to play. <clears throat> um, Did you? Yeah. What are we playing? uh we're playing the weather report uh it was 80 some odd degrees here yesterday and now we're back down to 50 something yeah it's beautiful it's kind of cool i was this yesterday was the first time i was like oh i need to put the air conditioners in the windows and nope no mid-june i haven't turned on an air conditioner yet so we have a few times we have a few times i put it in i don't know like a month ago just so that's it yeah, that's 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 my update. Yeah, no, it was it was cold this morning. I had to wear pants today. Like that's <laughs> that's that was the thing. I, I like I walked out in shorts to go to work at seven this morning and just turned right back around and came right back inside and was like, nope. <laughs> had to break out the pants today. So, yeah, I wore pants today, everybody. That's my my life update. Kristen. Hey, how are you? Hi. Good. I was having a mystery echo where I was hearing everything twice. And I'm like, I'm closing windows. And I'm like, where is that coming from? Why am I hearing it twice? And then I realized I had a whole separate Kassad, uh Google or not Google Chrome window open that I hadn't noticed down the corner where I was doing all my YouTube stuff on. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> I was so afraid I was going to awesome. have some weird echo if I didn't mute. So uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. That, that's that's what I, was I, I wasn't trying to avoid window. being, a, avoid the, hey, how are you? <laughs> Well, hey, how are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, been busy uh, with our new RV, fixing it up and decorating. Oh, do we have RV updates? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks so different. I've done so much different stuff. I mean, we've got rid of all the the gold brass, old like 1990s brass hardware, replaced it with like rustic black stuff and recovered the couch and the seats and it's it looks it looks like a little cabin now it's so cool oh that's super cool that <laughs> yeah, is super um, cool one of these days i'm gonna get like before and after pictures up online so you guys can see it but it's, did you take any good like before pictures i got some pretty good before pictures yeah okay so, so i'm a big fan like i obviously people know i'm a landscaper it's what i do and i love taking before and after photos of the work that i do especially if i get to a place that's just like gross you know right out of the gate <laughs> yeah. not good everything's overgrown it's a jungle and then we come in we do all the stuff we make it look beautiful those are my favorite ones but then there's sometimes where i forget the before pictures and i'm like see this is the thing i did i yeah. i swear it was bad yeah but all you get is the good now you can't you gotta, you gotta remember to get those before pictures yeah i took some before pictures well actually when we first bought it just to share hey look what we got and then uh I've been watching a whole bunch of YouTube videos on rehabbing and remodeling and, and renovating uh, RV campers. And almost everybody like is a fan of Joanna Gaines, apparently. So it's all like they paint everything white and with black. And then- Well, everything is either distressed or shiplap. 
Yeah, sh- shiplap. And, and so it's it's, it's, and it's it's all everybody's doing this farmhouse and they're just making it bright white and it just looks like it looks like a mobile medical unit if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we decided we good. kept all the oak cabinets like they're just it's just sort of golden oak which normally I'm not into that but it's um it's just very cabiny. So you know we got all sorts of uh, like. I bought my husband a bottle opener and it's a cast iron bear head and you all pop the bottle in the mouth of the bear. That's amazing. And it drops in the <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Just uh very, very you gotta have all the, like those those out in the woods cabin tchotchkes across yeah. the whole thing. And just let yeah. you know, and I, I I you know, I put up a wall border, which I normally wouldn't do, but uh it's the very core of the seventies. It's sort of kitschy, sort of. It's got deer and beer bears and stuff on it, you know, and, and elk and stuff. And so yeah, I, I'm kind of having fun with it, but I'm doing a little bit classy too. Like I put up a a print, an old fashioned print um, that somebody drew like in the early 1900s or 1800s of this really cool bass fish. It's got like the mm. scientific name written underneath it and stuff like that. So that's you know, sort of putting cool. an actual like fish on the wall. I put something like that. So yeah, I'm having fun with it. So I'm. I have butterflies. What's that? There you go. Yeah, like that, but it's a fish. <laughs> yeah. Mine's just butterflies. It's not cool like a fish. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun to share the pictures. So if you're not following me on Facebook, if you want to see the after, before and after, you're going to have to follow me on Facebook. You're going to have to follow Kristen for all the or RD Instagram. updates. I might share I Instagram. I might do a video. See, I'll, follow, I'll, I'll check it out on Instagram. I, I have you, I have not, not posted a video Facebook. on my on my YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> I hate I hate Facebook so much. Yeah, I haven't I haven't posted a video on my YouTube channel in like I don't know how long. I think the last thing I posted was something to do with uh, cord cutting or something. So maybe I'll have to do a video because I did I do have some video too. So you should make like a big montage, put it up on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for patiently waiting through RV <laughs> talk and weather. Uh, <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I think it is finally time here. We can we can get into some of the the goody good of this week's episode. Are you ready to dive deep? Let's get into it. Are we ready yeah. to dive deep? Did you sure. bring your scuba gear? Did you put on your 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 trunks and your flippers? <laughs> I got right, my let's, goggles. Let's, you got your goggles on? Yeah, me too. We all wore our right, goggles. Today. All right, I'm going to roll that beautiful beam footage. This week's deep dive, what are we talking about? So the inspiration for today's topic is uh, going to be uh, the FDA's recent announcement that they're moving forward with a rule to reduce the nicotine content allowed in cigarettes to minimally or non-addictive levels, um, whatever that means. And I know that Kristen has been reviewing the science here, so we'll get to that. Um, But uh, I figure, let's see, I got to do a, I, I, I think I need to set up the screen sharing here just so that we have the visual aid handy um here is jim so mcdonald is Art- to mandate all of the harm and none of the fun yeah <laughs> so okay. uh jim mcdonald put this out last week uh through vaping 360 um detailing fda's plan to eliminate most nicotine in cigarettes uh, this is something that's been kind of in the works uh, as as jim explains since the 90s um, I think I have uh, impolitely described this as a tobacco control wet dream. Uh, so this is something that they have been working for for decades. 
Uh, it's, you know, part and parcel with what we know about, you know, the, the sort of quiet desires of tobacco control, which is a prohibition on sales of cigarettes and likely all tobacco products. Um, you don't put tobacco-free generation on a bumper sticker and not follow through with the policies that you think are going to achieve that. <clears throat> and so um, it looks like, you know, under a new administration and uh, a new leadership at FDA, Robert Califf, and of course the CDC's very anti-nicotine uh, 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 Brian King now taking over as Center for Tobacco Products Director. Um, there's some confidence that FDA can get this done. Uh, and of course, I suspect that uh, a lot of the folks who we've seen um, uh, commenting against the menthol and flavored cigar ban um, will probably have the same uh, social justice arguments to bring to this. This is part and parcel of the drug war. Uh, and so um, for those who are unfamiliar with this, there is already a brand of very low nicotine cigarettes on the market uh, made by a company called 22nd Century, uh, which interestingly enough, actually introduced a, a brand of cigarettes that were very high nicotine not that long ago. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't have the article ready, but they actually paid people to get tattoos of the logo. Um, yeah. What was it? Uh, Red Sun? Something Red like Sun. That? I mean, yeah. there's a couple of really good looking tattoos that they, I mean, you know, <laughs> shit, free tattoo. Okay, fine. Hey, um, I, cool. I've done I feel that. like they're a company that just can't, you know, they can't settle for anything in the middle. It's they're like on each extreme end, like all the nicotine or none of the nicotine. Yeah. I had um, never heard of that until Jim, or was that you or Jim who posted that? Jim, Jim shared yeah. it for sure. Um, so uh, the the VLNCs are on sale. I think Chicago was the first market. I don't know how things are going. Um, I, to me, the big controversy about the the I think it was the Midnight brand VLNCs uh, was that they received a modified risk order uh, that sounds a lot more like a therapeutic claim. As it turns out, some of the stuff that they are, I, I guess they're sort of required to include in their marketing statements came from FDA. It wasn't necessarily part of their application, but uh, FDA required them to include a statement along the lines of this uh, can help you smoke fewer cigarettes or, or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, um, but it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's total nonsense. And as we see here in the picture with Scott Gottlieb's smiling face, no socks featured here, um, all of the death and none of the fun as Logan pointed out. Um, smoking very low nicotine cigarettes does not reduce your risk of cancer, heart disease, or any of the other smoking attributable diseases. Uh, and so it, it, this is all very kind of ridiculous pie in the sky kind of stuff. But Kristen, you've reviewed some of the science in this and, and, and I'm curious, um, you know, are we off base in opposing this or, or is this, uh, and is, is this, a, a an actual positive move here? Well, you know, huh? Um, that's that's a tough question. It's a loaded question. I just want to yeah. know if all the science lacks just as much fun as the cigarettes do. <laughs> Generally, and this is pretty dry, so that's that's kind of uh, what concerns me. Let me share my screen here. Um, okay. Well, one thing I'd like to point out when you were talking about. Um, uh, whoops, that's something when I want. You're talking about how long ago this happened. And I was talking about how uh, Neil Benowitz 
has been in before the show about how long he's been involved in this. And I didn't realize he was so heavily into, I knew he supported him, but I didn't realize he had done so much research on them. And this is from 2013. And I will put all of these uh, links in the description after the show. He talks about reducing the nicotine, but look at the top here, end game proposal. Hmm. That kind of really supports what, what uh, Alex was saying, but this has been there. Why has he put it so succinctly? Uh, wet dream. But um, <laughs> <laughs> reducing the nicotine content to make cigarettes less addictive. And um, if you look right here, he talks about how in 1994, he and Henningfield proposed the idea of federal regulation of nicotine content of cigarettes, such as nicotine content, to be reduced over time, resulting in lower intake. And like the original, he originally proposed that they should do it over time, not just now you have to be 0.4 milligrams of nicotine. Um, and they kind of throw around both 2.4 milligrams and I think it was 0.4 milligrams. Um, but as I was reading through this, I thought, well, that's interesting. That's what he originally proposed. But as I was reading through it, he's like, oh yeah, but you know what? The more we think about it, we may as well just, you know, we don't have any evidence that doing it slowly is going to be any better. So we may as well just, you know, dump it on them. Um, he didn't put it that way as me summarizing, but, uh, um, but yeah, this is what this, this study was talking about here. And the thing is, is that, yeah, it's, um, the, the studies do show that during the studies that people do not, uh, compensate. And that's the big thing that you see a lot of uh, vapors and people who are against this claiming. They say, oh, you know, people are just going to smoke more because they're going to want the nicotine. They're going to be trying to get the nicotine. And during these studies, they do not. They have found that the people who are using the test cigarette, the 0.4 cigarette, um, don't don't smoke anymore. They find that sometimes they'll do it in the first couple days and then it tapers off. And then by the end of the study, they're not smoking anymore than what the people who have the control cigarettes have. Um, they also find that people who use these cigarettes don't have really higher anxiety by the end of the study. You know, they'll start off kind of a little higher, just like you would if you are, you know, getting rid of it. And bear with me, I see the chats already being like, eh. <laughs> but bear with me, I'm gonna get to it. Because um, you've most of you have heard how I felt feel about these. Um, and so they find that people don't have have uh, higher anxiety or greater withdrawal symptoms, you know, all the things that you figure would happen during these studies, they do not happen. Um, the problem is, and let me get to my notes here, you know, and that's all fine and great. And that's what they're using as their proof, which is ironic because if this was the kind of evidence we needed to have e-cigarettes approved, they'd all be on the market now. Because that's 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 what saying, I'm talking about. All I'm hearing is that nicotine is not this incredibly addictive chemical, because if people can just shift and without a whole lot of anxiety or withdrawal symptoms and whatever, but yet isn't nicotine as addictive as heroin and cocaine? Right. Um, that's all I'm hearing right now, though, is if that's well, yeah. the case. And that's then... one of the points that, and you know, and going along with that, I'm going to jump around here a little bit now because you brought that up. But yeah, that was one of the things that I thought. It's like, well, if if they don't need the nicotine all that often, that means they'll just keep smoking them without the nicotine, right? <laughs> you know, and and, you, and one of the things I thought of too is that the ongoing use of zero milligram vapor products. A lot of people who vape switch 
you know, eventually get themselves down to zero, but they never actually quit vaping. They keep vaping sure. zero nicotine because they just like the feel of it. They like the taste or whatever. So you we've have talked to... about all the other sensory, habitual, ritual aspects of smoking and vaping. That's just right. goes well beyond nicotine in and of itself. Right. So, um, so that was one of the things I thought of is like, okay, well, what you're saying is these people, they didn't, they didn't compensate, but they didn't really smoke a lot less either. I mean, they did, they did smoke less. Usually by the end of the study, they were smoking less cigarettes, probably because they weren't getting much out of them, but they were still smoking a good amount. I'd say at least 60 to 70%, not enough to reduce any harm. And they did say that, and there were studies that showed that they, um, they also were more likely to try quitting smoking afterwards, but none of these studies followed up after that. They call them after 30 days and say, oh, did you try quitting smoking? And they said, yes. And okay, look, great. You tried quitting smoking. Well, we all know people can go three months. I mean, most of us have, you know, gone a few months by quitting smoking. It's usually within three to six months that you are like, screw this. And you go back to your cigarettes, um, at least for me personally. Um, so it's, it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't show that they're going to keep having been quit. And you have to wonder how many times they're going to keep going back, even just, just to feel like they're smoking, go right. back to just using these cigarettes. Yeah. Um, what we need to see is three year, five year kind of follow-ups, yeah, which obviously, you know, hopefully we would get to, or even, even, yeah, even one year, yeah. hopefully we would get to that. Maybe it's just too early in all of this research to, to be there, but yeah, even, even six months. I mean, cause none of them sure. have gone that far that I, that I was able to find Now, Granted, I did, there's a lot of studies out there and you have to dig and so you can find some of them on uh, century 21's or 22's uh, century 21. That's real estate. Yeah. That was their old company. Real estate site. The real estate <laughs> site will not have like a nicotine study, no, uh, uh, 22nd century or whatever it is that their name is. They do yeah, have a lot of right. studies, but as you read through these studies, you start to see a lot of things like low compliance, you know, you read all this great stuff, all this great stuff. It's like, well, yeah, in one study, yeah, all this great stuff happened with the 39% of the people who were still with the study by the end. 39%. So, yeah. That means over 60% of the people weren't compliant. They were, they were smoking their own cigarettes or they were vaping or they were using snooze. They were using some kind of supplemental nicotine, um, which that could keep people smoking, you know? Um, very often people with mental health issues were excluded from the study because they had mental health issues. Well, we all know that smoking is very high in people with mental health. I was going to say, so for people who smoke at disproportionately higher rates and who yeah. tend to smoke more in general are being excluded from a study. Yeah. And the, about... there, were, there were two exceptions. Um, one study did do specifically looked at people. The one that I found, I didn't find the second one. He referenced it in the study. And again, I will put all these study links in there. Um, but he, one study did look at them and did find that pretty much they were the same results as with people without mental health issues. Um, but again, all the same caveats, all the same limitations, you know, um, often as well with these studies, often their control or their comparison cigarette that they, that because the, they people, there were, there's some that where they have to smoke their own cigarettes and there's some where they give them the control cigarettes um, in the control cigarettes. Everyone that I that I came across, the control cigarettes were over 15 milligrams per cigarette. 
So it's, it's like, like they Newport. use Newport, yeah, they like use the strongest thing that they could find as a comparison. And really strangely, during some of these studies, their smoking went up with the highest amount of nicotine in it. So it's like, you have to ask what's going on here? Why would suddenly they're smoking more? Well, part of it is they're, they're a lot of times they're giving them to them for free, you know, and they do sure. try to account smoke for that. If you got them. <laughs> right, smoke if you got them. Um, but like I said, in general, there was no comp compensatory behavior that was found after people had acclimated to the, the, the low nicotine cigarette. But again, the studies were usually only a couple weeks. The studies usually, sometimes they had 10, 16, 20 people. So mm -hmm. that's not quite going to give you what's going to happen a lot. Sometimes they actually locked them in a hotel. Um, and even in the one where they locked them in a hotel and they couldn't get anything else, but these very low nicotine cigarettes, two people were found to have cheated somehow. <laughs> they found high levels of nicotine in them. Well, actually, it's the, it's the cotinine or whatever the, that they find. Listen, um, if we can't keep things out of prison, you're right? not keeping things out of a hotel. <laughs> I don't care how hard you try. Um, but one of the things that also concerns me, let me see if I can pull this one up, is that um, for, so, so talk about real life. Talk about what's going to happen if this was all they have. Talk about what's going to happen if you suddenly take 30 million people and you're forcing them to essentially quit nicotine cold, cold turkey. You know, cause isn't it something like 30 million people still smoke? It's, yeah. it's down from what it used to be. Um, and the problem is, and I found this study where, well, I'm just going to talk about that, that they, they also, there's also an interesting study that you might find interesting, interesting study you might find interesting. Alex, there's a study about menthol, the difference of these very low, for menthol, people who smoke menthol, they struggled more with the very low nicotine cigarettes for some reason. Um, but then I found were another- they, Were they given that, menthol, menthol VLNC? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I found other ones that uh, where, the, where the menthol wasn't an issue, you know, that they actually did better. So it's like, there's a lot of, and it's just so funny because if any of this stuff was considered, was what the vape industry was sharing or was putting forth as science they'd be like this is not enough it's not enough time uh this is not enough science it's too contradictory um i mean it, the science is just not there from what i can tell it's all so preliminary and none Low of it is um, high dropout rates yeah. yeah and and here's and here's another situation that oh no that's not the one i wanted where the hell did that go now okay there was a whole study on um where is it what it's probably in that other pesky Google Chrome tab. No, the one I got that makes it. All the noise. No, I close that. Well, there was another, and now I can't find it, but there was another study. I'll close this one. There was another study that showed, um, that talked, asked people who smoke, what would you do if all you had left to smoke was the very low nicotine cigarettes? And it, almost universally, they said they'd, they'd go to Indian reservations. They'd look into black market cigarettes, you know, and that's not anything that any of these studies even acknowledge as a possibility. They pretend that if you do this, people won't be able to get any other kind of cigarettes. I mean, they, they seem to go by this, this idea that, so they, their, their studies are in a bubble and their conclusions are that we're all going to be in that same bubble and we're not. So that was a big issue. And, um, 
the the other thing that was that was funny is that well not funny but um yes yeah, so none of, yeah none of the studies for adult smokers for short term I'm trying to find what all I was what all I had on here for my points I'm almost done um yeah it is it is kind of um I don't even have the word for it but disingenuous appalling gross when researchers particularly like fda disregards the possibility of an illicit market like they they downplay it or, or pretend like it's not going to happen when it inevitably is going to happen it's already happening with without this mandate yeah we already have a huge illicit market for cigarettes regardless of mandating nicotine levels so when you when you strip nicotine from the legal regulated market of these products. I mean, it, like you don't, you don't even really need science to prove that. Like you, you should, we should have science to demonstrate this, but all you have to do is look around. Like Alex and I both live in New York state where we have like the, one of the largest illicit markets for cigarettes in the country, if not the largest. And I would assume yeah. now we have the largest illicit market for flavored vapor products. Probably. Yeah, it, yeah, again, if, if not the largest one of maybe alongside Massachusetts or something. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's absurd to think that, you know, FDA is just going to disregard that as a possibility or that it it won't be large enough to concern themselves with. Like why can we not learn from other countries? Australia is a prime example of what happens when you overregulate these products. I mean, you know, they they haven't mandated VLNCs, but their their tax rates on cigarettes are astonishingly high, yeah. which is yet a you know a barrier in and of itself for people to access the products they want to enjoy. Australia has a massive illicit market for the for for cigarettes. Well, and so here's a perfect well, example. For nicotine I, products in general, really. Right. So I had pulled this. I had pulled this in my notes because I was going to talk about that because we I have that other article that talks about how adults you know who smoke what they say they would do if they if very low nicotine cigarettes became the norm and in that this this uh, end game thing that uh, Benowitz wrote. Under this section, he talks about, um, you know, pot, about having alternate products and and the major challenge of an unleveled unlevel playing field that you know tobacco products are far you know or smoking cigarettes are more available and easier to get than you know other products that are safer. Um, and so it says since this initial proposal, new products that could arguably be regulated either as tobacco or nicotine, and which appear to contain substantially fewer toxicants and traditional tobacco than traditional tobacco products have been marketed, lozenges, dissolving strips, sticks, pouches, and cigarette-like devices. Remember, this is 2013, so they were still a little bit clueless about vaping. Um, such products and NRT may provide the support that's at least temporarily needed for um, some smokers to give up cigarettes entirely and to manage in a world where nicotine use by burning tobacco is less available. An additional regulatory approach that could be incorporated into nicotine policy is differential taxation. So they're calling for tax less taxes, you know, making them more appealing. But there was, here it is, the potential threat of contraband cigarettes. There is a possibility that decreased access to the forms of tobacco that addicted users most, most want, namely nicotine-containing cigarettes, will increase the demand for contraband cigarettes. 
Even if this occurred, keep in mind that other study, it is difficult to envision that such a massive scale contraband could emerge so as to rival the present pipeline of cigarettes that, for example, numbers more than 1 billion per day in the USA. They can't imagine a, a big... What are How they, many people use illicit substances in this country? Right? How many people use marijuana that's never been legal up until recently, and it was a huge market? I mean, it just and so you know, keeping in mind that other that other um, study I was talking about, it was just it was just crazy that that they were saying this because um, yeah, oh, there it is. Interest in illicit purchase of cigarettes under very low nicotine content product standard. This this study came out in. Um, 2019, so it is after, uh, but just that one by Benowitz, the end game thing, it just, it just, ooh, I don't know, there's just something about it that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But this whole article, I will, again, I will share all these, but this one talks about the results. It says, um, smokers who learned about the VLNC standard were more likely to be very or extremely interested in purchasing regular cigarettes illicitly from a web, illicitly from a website compared to smokers in the control group. They were also more interested in illicitly buying cigarettes from a street vendor and a store on an Indian reservation compared to the control. So, I mean, it doesn't Listen, even matter. Anybody who's got a backpack full of the good, good, you know, hook <laughs> it also up says, like that. It also says the impact of learning about the VLNC standard on, illicit, on interest in illicit purchases did not differ by smoking frequency or current e-cigarette use. I thought that was interesting too. Um, and, and of course, then out of all of that, you know, they, they talk about, and this is my, one of my biggest things is that if, if people are finding that they can still smoke the VLNCs um, without the nicotine in it, and it doesn't really reduce, you know, there, there's, they're not, it's not making them vape more, um, but it's not va making them vape or not vape, smoke more, but it's not making them smoke that much less either. On top of that, they have this misperception that the cigarettes are better for them, that they're less carcinogenic. Um, it says many smokers had the misperception that smoking them is less likely to cause cancer, and some stated that they would be less likely to quit. A VLNC standard may be more effective if accompanied by a communication campaign that emphasizes the continued dangers of smoking them due to the many toxic chemicals in smoke. But you well, know, don't leave I, that to FDA. Right. And that's what I was talking about before the show. I mean, do you think that they're really going to do that? Do you think that these cigarette companies, including uh, 22nd Century, whatever their name is, is it going to have it in its financial interest for people to keep smoking these if they can? Do they really want mean it when they say, oh, we want to go out of business because nobody else is nobody's smoking anymore? Baloney. You know, I mean, the only the only pro from this that I can find is that it's unlikely for young people who try the product to get enough nicotine to satisfy them that they're going to want to keep using it. That's really the sure. only uh, Yeah, I mean, from, from the beginning of this, it's it always has seemed like more of a prevention thing yeah. than anything. We're not, they're not trying to appeal to people who smoke or help them in any way. You, you know, you're already a smoker and on your way to, to death. So whatever you be damned, but the kids, we can still right. save the kids, you know, right. and that's, that's the biggest thing here. My question, if the science doesn't show that these really do a whole lot in the long run, in terms of helping current smokers 
reduce the number of cigarettes and carcinogens and toxins and tar and yada, yada, yada that they're putting into their bodies. Is it just prevention then? Is that is that the only goal? Are we still just so laser focused on preventing kids from using a virtually benign substance than we are about helping 30 million people in this country quit? Like, is that is that it? Is that what it all boils down to? I, I have a, a follow-up question to that, which is, you know, we just saw from the National Youth Tobacco Survey that smoking among youth is now below 2%. I mean, we are on without the even a mandate. We are on the precipice of a generation of kids who have no interest in picking up cigarettes because they know it's dangerous. They don't want the, they don't want the harm. They are convinced kids aren't idiots, and which is also goes to say that all of the lies that they've been told about nicotine and vaping and and all of this stuff, they're going to figure it out at some point, and that's going to be pretty bad for public health people. Um, so, is this even necessary as a form of prevention? Exactly. Um, to answer your question, Logan, that they've I've, I've heard them admit that that it's not going to do much for people who are currently smoking, um, and I believe that's why they're doing these studies and and kind of trying to because people brought that up. Well, how is that going to help people who are going to actually die from smoking? You know, what about people who are already smoking? What are we doing for them um, besides being cruel and just yanking away their nicotine? Um, right. Do we, we just fall back on that, you know, age old quit or die? Yeah. And and so that's why they're kind of pushing this. Oh, well, they'll, they'll smoke less, which the irony, because if you look at a lot of this ant stuff over the years, they have always said, well, cutting back just doesn't you're still putting yourself in danger. Cutting back doesn't do anything. You you need to quit completely. You know, I mean, so. Now that story is kind of changing. Now it's a good thing that you've cut back on three cigarettes a day, you know, and that's about what it, I mean, that's what it comes to, because I mean, and it's weird because, you know, a lot of times that, you know, they do some things that that we've criticized. I mean, that they use people who aren't um, who haven't expressed the desire to quit, you know, so they're not just, you know, gaming the system by using people who already want to quit. Um, sometimes they've paid them a significant amount of money to do this. Um, but uh and paid money for how many cigarettes they turn in at the end isn't that interesting <laughs> um but not all of them do that but um they're trying to get you know get it to look like it actually is helping people who currently smoke but again if if the vape industry had turned in something at this level they the FDA would have rejected it immediately. This is not enough. It's too short term. It's too, um, this, the, the cohorts are too small. There's just not, there's just so many limitations and so many caveats. So, and then the other thing is that, that the, the signs that people who have used these have expressed more interest in quitting. And, and, and you know, and again, these are people who weren't initially, saying they're equipped, but like one study, they said, hey, 31% of the people who use the very low nicotine after the study um, actually expressed an interest in quitting, which was great. And then I read it, kept reading. I'm like, yeah, but 39% of the people using the 15 milligram stuff said that they had it. So more people who were using the regular nicotine were saying that they, but they didn't talk about that, you know? And so that they're getting away with this and that they're using sure. that as being you know, hey, look, this is helping people who smoke too. But yeah, you're right. It's really all about. That's what it boils down to. 
And it doesn't boil and down to right is that kids don't even have, um, they're not even really smoking anymore. So who is this really helping? It's, it's helping a tiny percent of kids maybe not start. And most of those kids are already going to vaping and that, and like I put in our tweet and our, our question about this is that leads me to why should vapors care about this? Why should vapors be like, I don't care. They're not, you know, it's smoking. I don't smoke anymore. Well, the thing is, is that they do this and then they claim it works, which is not really, um, they'll claim it's there, it's working. And then they'll go, Oh, well, let's just do that with vaping. And then we get people off vaping too. Yeah. Don't think they won't do it. Don't think well, they've they done it with everything else. I mean, yeah. we, we can, we can do this until we're blue in the face on how many things, you know, we've talked about that slippery, slow boiling frog, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and people who use, um, whatever saver methods, uh, smokeless or vaping or whatever say, well, I don't care that they banned smoking here. or I don't care that they've done this with smoking there, but it, it always eventually makes its way to also affecting people who vape or use other products. So, yeah. Now, my Alex, you're right. My, um, there's no reason you were gone, but yeah, I agree with you. There's right. no reason for the it does. There's no justification for it then, because if it's not, but that, and I think that might be because keen smoking is so low now. That's why they're pushing this. Oh, but it does help people quit smoking. It helps them cut down from twenty cigarettes to seventeen. I mean, which. In the past, if you said if you said to them, "Oh, is it okay if you know am I am I better off if I cut down from twenty cigarettes to 17? they would have laughed in your face and said, "No, you need to get off it off." You know, abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. Now all of a sudden, cutting down to seventeen from twenty is look, that's a good thing. Do you think this is like their version <laughs> of harm reduction? Now that and we're that, kind of slowly starting to embrace more harm reduction, this is no. like their their no. veiled bullshit no, version. It is, Alex, no. it is. It, if you look at these studies. I'm not going to validate this as a form of harm reduction. I think well, that's yeah, total no, bullshit. No, I think no, this is this is coercion. In their brain. Yeah. There's there's no harm reduction here. This is not meeting people where they're at. It is coercion. coercion. It's oh, yeah. forcing people when if they implement this the way that we think they are, which is just mandating all cigarettes sold in the United States are very low nicotine. It's coercion. Yeah, so, 100%. I don't care what they say saying, about it. <laughs> but if you read these studies, and again, I'll put the links in the description after, but if you read them, they are pushing that. They are saying, mm -hmm. look, they're having less exposure. There's less exposure. They're they're yeah. smoking less, so it's less exposure. So they're they're laying that ground for trying to make it like it's some kind of harm reduction, which if it was if if vaping had still had that much exposure, I mean they're 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 having a fuss over what tiny trace barely can tell barely detectable detectable stuff that we're finding in e-liquid and we're talking they're, about they're calling this you know oh less co2 and there's less yeah. nicotine no uh. they're 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 having a conniption about dual use yeah so if dual use is a big issue then very low nicotine cigarettes is not a solution at all no, not at all. And, and, and I don't think, and, and, and Logan had asked me um, before the show, it's like, well, maybe there's a place for them. And this is why I say, no, there's not, because you've got people who, who will still keep smoking them just because they like to smoke. They'll use them with added nicotine stuff. And they're going mm -hmm. to have the impression, no matter what the FDA or anybody says, that they're safer because people are so convinced 
that nicotine is what causes all the disease and just, you know, death and all that. And yeah. you're not going to get to everybody to convince them that it's not. And so they've already, they've already burned that bridge behind them. So it's not going to do anybody any good. If anything, it'll just keep people smoking and not switching to vaping. I, because I, I, I think, think it's better. I, I think, I mean, we've discussed this before and, and I think, you know, a more, um, a, I think a more appropriate way to perhaps introduce very low nicotine cigarettes is actually kind of the way this has been done. I don't, I totally disagree with the modified risk order. I don't think it's appropriate for any combustible product. Um, so, you know, we definitely oppose that, but I think that if tobacco companies were allowed to market a range of nicotine strengths and allow the consumer to choose, I think people would, I, I do suspect. And, and I think, perhaps some of the studies you mentioned, you know, just this idea of people using VLNCs being maybe in a better position to quit. I think that's a choice that, that people who smoke will make. If, if you can get your, you know, your same experience with your brand of cigarette, but with something with, you know, very low nicotine content, and you can make that choice, just like what people do with vaping, sliding down the nicotine content scale until they get to zero. If that's your goal, I think very low nicotine cigarettes can be used as a part of a strategy to better position people to take advantage of NRT or be in a better position to switch completely to vaping or another smoke-free product. I think that's totally appropriate, but the yeah, way I, that it sounds like I they're agree. rolling this out isn't anything close to that. Oh no, because they're, yeah, they're just going to dump and, you. And, but and, I, you know, I, in no way having some, obviously not like mandated across the board, whatever, but having VLNCs on the market, it it can't do more harm. I like, think it can. I, I just don't see how it does more harm than having like it's just an it's just another cigarette. Like if if people are gonna keep smoking, those same people leave, you know what I mean? Like there's no real added harm as long as there's appropriate communications, as long as there's appropriate marketing, as long as which again, that's a massive caveat for the US public health system period. But if we had appropriate communications, honest communications about all of the products that are available to people, having VLNCs alongside anything else to me just feels like another tool in the toolbox. Like there's going to be people that it does help. I mean, you've you've demonstrated that whether it's it's low or even if it's only for a month, there are people that these products have helped or at least encouraged to some degree to attempt to quit or whatever the case may be maybe maybe this is just a stepping stone along the way and again not the vast majority not all the dropouts not all the other things but Actually, I, I i guess i'm still missing too the the idea that like these products should not exist anywhere like that's okay can i respond <laughs> well hold on hold on before we get too far away from it i, I did mention we did get a question in chat about what what do we mean by dual use oh, yeah, um right. uh jzl ferrer sorry if i mispronounced your handle there uh asked uh, the question uh dual use is using uh uh not necessarily at the literal same time but using both uh, a combustible product and a smoke-free product. Uh, it's probably the most simple way to say it, but uh, it's 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 kind of it's a crappy term. It doesn't really doesn't really mean much, but that's something they throw around all the time. So, just wanted to clear that up before we got too far away Thank from you. it. I didn't Kristen. notice that earlier, and I forgot to. Okay. First of all, your one of your 
requirements is proper communication. And our government has more than proven that it cannot communicate. Right. Yeah. That's it's a massive caveat. So, so that won't happen. So we know that won't happen. Aside from that, we know we have anti-nicotine and tobacco zealots who want to see people completely off of any kind of nicotine. Okay. So it would behoove them to have people using the very low nicotine stuff and not accepting that vaping is better for them that vaping is healthier, okay? They'd rather see them keep smoking, but get forced off of nicotine and leave completely than switch to a safer alternative and keeping using nicotine because then teens will become addicted to the nicotine vaping, okay? So you've got this agenda here. It's a built-in agenda that's going to stop people from knowing the truth, okay? That's the way I see it. And I may sound like a conspiracy theorist, but we have seen this. It's not like it's, we haven't seen this happen. It's it's a it's their their mo. Okay, um, so that's so that's that's one thing. So we're not going to get the communication. The second thing is just people in real life who are going to choose to use VLN cigarettes. They're going to be people who care about their health, who think that they want to try quit smoking. They're going to think that they're these are healthier because they have less nicotine. It's not going to be that thirty percent of the people who smoke who don't they don't care. That's they're like, screw it. This is my life. Leave me alone and more power to them, in my opinion. Um, but okay. So those people aren't going to choose to use VLNs. All right. So now you've got this, this other group. These are people who are more like kind of like vapors who, you know, maybe they didn't think they could quit smoking. They didn't know how they were going to do it. They've tried in the past and failed, kind of found vaping. And that's what helped them eventually get off the cigarettes. The difference is, is that VLNs are going to divert the people who may have migrated over and tried vaping, which is much safer process while they're doing it, the dual use still does reduce the smoking, okay? Much more significantly, you get accidental quitters, okay? Um, whereas with, the, with the, the VLNs, if it's next to regular cigarettes, they're just going to keep smoking until they give up and go back to smoking again. Whereas sure, but that just it, means that you're maintaining harm. You're not increasing harm. You are increasing harm because you're diverting them away from something that's safer. You're fooling people into thinking they can try this very low nicotine. It's going to help them quit. They're going to keep hurting themselves while they're doing it. Whereas if they would just try vaping, they might you have, might they might have turned into an accident. Agreed, and, and that just it, comes it's back. Harm to by omission. Of, it's of harm by diversion. Because I, they may have gone to vaping, but now they're convinced that, oh, these cigarettes are safer because they don't have any nicotine in them. And they're going to think that's better for them, especially with all so, the lies that the answer is saying about vaping. Okay, I, I, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in a little bit. I think you've had the soapbox for a while here. So um, I, 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 I do want to say I, you're, I, you're absolutely right. There is absolutely no reason any of us should have any faith. First of all, don't have any faith in your government, period. Um, second of all, FDA has clearly demonstrated they are incapable of communicating the risks appropriately on tobacco and nicotine products. So there's absolutely no reason we should expect them to turn that around. However, um, if they were to grant modified risk orders for all other companies doing uh, very low nicotine cigarettes, I, I still believe the step down approach, uh, giving consumers the choice to choose lower nicotine content cigarettes 
uh, would be a good thing. But again, this all hinges on whether or not FDA can come out and correct the record about risks associated with nicotine, which none of us should hold our breath that that's ever going to happen. And vaping. Uh, but they may find themselves in a position where they absolutely have to. So until that happens, though, I, there is no expectation that FDA will set the record straight on any of this. The other way that I, I want to I want I personally want to look at this. I am looking at this is, you know, consistent with this idea that cigarette manufacturers would be able to have that range of nicotine strengths. It's I think it's appropriate to look at this as another tool in the toolbox. We may actually if, if consumers have that choice of stepping down nicotine content of their cigarettes, we may actually end up with more accidental quitters because now people feel like they are in a position to quit. They would be, they may feel in a better position to adopt vaping or another smoke-free alternative. We can't, we cannot, I, I don't think it's, 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 it's not good. It's not productive to talk about vaping as a silver bullet. There's, there's no silver no, bullet I don't here. Think it is. And, and I, I think we, we sort of like, we tow that line a little bit because you know, we do have an emphasis on vaping. All of our members are people who have experienced the benefits of switching from smoking to vaping, all of that. And, and it, it really is the thing that's front and center in the debate here. But it is not a silver bullet. And I, I just I honestly anything think that's that anything free. that puts people closer to feeling comfortable with breaking away from smoking is a good thing. But we have to be able to make that decision ourselves. This can't be something that's mandated from uh, at the at the federal level, and if when if and when they do this, just like what we saw with the study in Canada about banning menthol, most people are just going to keep smoking, and a, a, a not insignificant number of those people are going to try to find full strength cigarettes manufactured in other countries, manufactured in in shady operations domestically. They're going to seek those products out on the illicit market, and they're going to keep smoking. And, and then and now now we get into the, 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 the justice issues here where, you know, it may not be illegal for a person to purchase, use or possess uh, uh, a, a, a full strength nicotine product as per FDA or even the state law. But they are purchasing and possessing untaxed cigarettes. That is something that's out of the control of FDA. It's, it's something that's enforced at the state and federal level as well. You're talking about evading federal taxes, state taxes, all the things. And if you've ever known a state to just leave money laying around, love to hear about it because I, I don't think that they're going to let millions of dollars of tax revenue from full strength cigarettes just go un, uncollected. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. I, I, I shouldn't have just said vaping. I should have said smokeless products because during the, to me, I fully believe that trying to, to reduce your nicotine using something that's smoke free over the course of six months, you know, if you're going to dual use, I'd rather see somebody using, you know, snooze or a nicotine pouch or vaping or something that's smoke free while they're trying to do it, then continue to smoke, go back to smoking regulars, smoke some smoke, you know, smoke VLNCs, then go back to regulars. I mean, going back there, you're not reducing harm at all, at least if they're trying to find the right vape or the right snooze or their whatever, I, I just would rather see them I feel like this would divert people from seeking out smokeless, especially like you said, the FDA and the CDC are so bad. Not only are they so bad at communicating the, the continuum of risk and how much less risky these other products are, 
people are going to think VL, v, you know, the Vera low nicotine ones are just as safe as vaping, the way they've made vaping sound. And you know that camping for tobacco for kids and truth are going to reinforce that as much as they can, because they'd rather see people keep smoking and then quit completely or just die. Please just die on us is what they're thinking you know, then have people move over to using safer nicotine products. They don't want that and they're going to do everything they can. And I, you know, it's something you pointed out that I didn't really even think about before was uh, you've already sort of pointed out the hypocrisy here in, in the reduction, right? So they're heralding people reducing the number of cigarettes they smoke uh, with VLNCs as, right. as, as a good thing, but that same kind of standard or observation doesn't apply to smoke-free products uh, yeah. and, and dual use. Um, so right. it, once again, it's sort of like we've we've kind of caught them in yet another lie. It's it's <laughs> sure. it's, sort well, of it's, it's whatever narrative works at the time. Right. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I get, like just on a personal note, you know, I, I'm always going to default to the individual and we can sit here and say what we think and feel and wish and would and could and may and whatever about what we think people should <clears throat> quit with or divert to or switch to or whatever. But at the end of the day. You know, my default is autonomy and people having the choice to make those decisions for themselves and having the options available to them. And like that's 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 kind of my soapbox here is like I if people wanted to use these products, you know, as long as they're again, that caveat of communication, as long as they know what these products are, they know that it comes with all the baggage of all the harm of any other combustible product you're just reducing your nicotine. And if we had correct perceptions of nicotine and the lack of harms associated there, then letting, allowing consumers to choose to use these products for themselves, for these products to exist on the shelves for people to buy, to me, it's just, it, it, it's just allowing people to, to do the thing, you know, to you be know, I people. I agree with that. I agree and, with and that. that, that yeah, my, my default is always going to be like autonomy and consumer's choice and, Right, so I, 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 I still I still kind of fall into that camp. But they shouldn't of, be fooled into choosing it. I feel like they're getting fooled into choosing it. That's the problem. I think. Yeah, I and I agree with that. I don't think yeah, I agree with you. It if they knew the truth, I think if they knew the truth about you know smoke free tobacco and they knew the truth about VLN cigarettes, they'd probably not choose to use the VLN cigarettes. I think too. I think anybody who chooses it are going to be choosing it under the under the lie that they're better for them. Under, yeah, the, under the under the guise of this, that's, that's my idea. problem with it. That's yeah, as it, as it stands, and and Casa has uh, has opposed this. We oppose the modified risk application for 22nd century. Um, you know, we're on the record opposing this and 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 expressing, I think, very similar concerns. The misperception of risk around nicotine is is is, is not helpful. Uh, and and you're exactly right that that I think people are being you know, this is a, a sentence i'm working on for a report that we're doing it is you know fda is essentially leveraging the public's misunderstanding here and mm -hmm. and, and actually 100%. counting on the public perceiving this outsized risk of nicotine use in order to promote bullshit products like very low nicotine cigarettes um mm -hmm. and so it, it it's it's part of the strategy they're probably never going to admit to that but um it, it is it is dishonest it is manipulative and I don't think that the outcomes are going to be as great as they think it is. I think it is actually complicating matters and, and to your point, I think making things worse. And, and there is a much more productive way, an honest way to go about this. Um, mm -hmm. And with that, I, I think- Can um, I make one more, one more thing? I just want to make sure, it really clear. Quickly. Is that 
I don't think they should ban cigarettes. That's how much I'm for choice. Right. Okay. And, and that's what I want people yeah. to understand. Oh, yeah, I, agree I don't want cigarettes banned. I think they should be able to choose it. I just think these VLN cigarettes are, are bad because they're fooling people and people will choose those over safer products because of what the message is with them and what they've been saying yeah. about nicotine and that, and I think yeah. they'll be worse for public health because it's going to stop people from switching to safer products. That, yeah. so yeah, I don't it's, want people it's to our, it's our public health communications and the marketing and all of that baggage that comes with it. That's bad. Not necessarily these products existing for consumers to use. That's bad. Right. Yeah, they can exist, but I don't think anybody would use them if they knew the truth, you know? <laughs> so um, so uh, we are sort of at the end of the hour here. Uh, we were going to keep this to an hour today. Uh, so I think we've we've kind of wrapped this up. And just to succinctly actually answer the question of the title of our, our podcast today, is the FDA canceling nicotine? Uh, the FDA is actually prohibited by law from, from uh, you know, reducing nicotine content down to zero. Uh, they cannot, they are not able to ban cigarettes. So until I was just that, gonna say, chain, that point kind of came up earlier about, you know, banning cigarettes, what would that take? That would literally take like a, a congressional act opening up the, the yeah. tobacco control yeah. act. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, I mean, they've already demonstrated that it's not that hard to amend the tobacco control act when they included synthetic nicotine recently. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It remains a horrible idea. Um, but as it stands now, FDA cannot ban right. cigarettes they or reduce, reduce it down to just zero. about nothing. Right. But not and, and actually even that nothing. is, you know, as FDA moves forward with this rulemaking uh, and we will have uh, an engagement up for this. So far, we've already they've, they've done the advance notice of proposed rulemaking, which did have a comment period. But uh, once they actually propose the rule, comments will be open just like with the menthol uh and, and we'll have an engagement up for that um and and encourage all of our members to participate and just to kind of wrap things up we don't really have a legislative rundown this week uh, the the two things uh, that are active uh on our site for people to participate in is of course uh, uh commenting on the fda menthol and cigar flavor ban um, uh, this was recently extended. They got enough comments to come in to extend the comment period to August 2nd. Uh, so definitely take advantage of this that we have up on our site and get all the, the background and, and talking points and things that you might want to consider and include in your comments. Remember, there are two rules to comment on and we've got blank fields for both of them, make it really easy for everybody to participate. Uh, and so this is up and active. Uh, the other thing that I uh, will before be before you move on on that mm -hmm. on that note really quick, you don't have to pull it up and, and show it, but there is a blurb from CTP uh, and I, I shared it to you and Kristen earlier, kind of highlighting FDA saying, oh, what do they say? I can just read it out here. Um, FDA is extending the comment period to a total of 90 days following requests from the public. FDA also received requests to, request to not extend the comment period from public health organizations. However, FDA believes that a 90-day comment period is appropriate. Yeah. Which I just think is kind of cool and funny all in and of itself. It's, it's like, actually... We got I, a lot of requests not to do this from public health organizations, but FDA was like, yeah. we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, not not to not to rain on your parade or anything, but this is actually, this seems pretty typical. Um, 60 yeah. days is really an unreasonable period of time for people to come up with substantive comments on these rules. Uh, 90 days is arguably not enough either. 
Um, but I think as far as the tobacco industry is concerned, it doesn't matter because as Jim pointed out in his article uh, with the very low nicotine cigarettes, uh, the, the, they are likely to be tied up with lawsuits for a long sure. time. Uh, even if FDA goes forward with the menthol ban, it's probably going to take a couple of years. Uh, and that, I think, is a conservative estimate. Uh, FDA, of course, at this point is well known for missing deadlines. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what? all of that to say uh, that, yes, the comment period has been extended. So get your type and fingers ready and, and share your, your your thoughts with FDA. Uh, and we've made it really easy for people to do. The all other right, thing well, my parade has officially been rained out so you can carry on. The other thing uh, that uh, we are paying attention to and will likely have something up uh, for people to comment is this from the American Vapor Manufacturers. This is a citizen's petition. Uh, this was just published yesterday, I believe. So I don't have anything up for it yet. I just actually went through and read everything. Um, we'll probably come back and discuss this. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll want to, we're, we're, the, the schedule change is that we're going to be taking the rest of the summer off. Uh, and so, uh, we, we may not have discussion about this unless it's warranted. Um, but we'll come back in September. Uh, so yeah, if you need to jot down that programming note, I think it was September 10th would be the day that we would come back and do the podcast live on Saturdays. Um, so we will be back. We do need a break. Uh, and uh, take some time and recuperate and get our brains back in order. But in the interim, be on the lookout for us to put up an engagement to participate in this. Uh, it's a citizen's petition. Uh, for those who've been uh, playing the home game for a couple of years, you may remember uh, Enjoy had a citizen's petition uh, back in 2017 uh, to extend the uh, the the. Uh, to push back the deadline for PMTA applications. Uh, this did have some influence uh, on FDA and uh, FDA in 2017 made their sort of comprehensive nicotine regulation announcement, which did push the deadline back for vapor products to 2022. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the moralizing public health organization sued FDA and got that deadline moved up to 2020 um, or yeah, 2021 It moved back a year. Well, the deadline for uh, submitting the applications was 2020, and then yeah, FDA right. had to make a decision by 2021, that's which they're still, because they retained their enforcement discretion and actually didn't have to do any of this. Um, they Wasn't it, had, wasn't had, it uh, they brought it back to 2021, but then the um, Judge Grimm and his whole decision brought it to 2020 from there? No, they, they, what they originally wanted was 2018. They wanted the original deadline. It retroactively would have removed products from the market. And FDA argued that that's not enough time or that's that that's too risky. And there's a net public health harm there. Uh, and so FDA actually asked for at least 10 months. Uh, I think a lot of people right. suspect that that had to do with Juul completing their applications. Uh, Reynolds already had their applications in. Some other companies already had their applications in. So it, that wasn't really the big factor. But the expectation there was that FDA would, in a year, come to some conclusion about the Juul application, which they have not. Uh, this is typical for FDA, missing deadlines, court mandated or not. Uh, and of course, I am you know not a legal expert, but I still maintain the belief that FDA actually didn't have to do any of this because as per the judge's order, FDA retained all of their enforcement discretion and reserves the right to enforce on a case-by-case -case basis, whatever their criteria for that are, who knows. Um, FDA, but, I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
anyway, uh, all of this to say there is currently an opportunity to comment. You can go to regulations.gov. Uh, and I know that Amanda tweeted about this. If you follow Amanda Wheeler on Twitter, she has the link on her tweet about this. Uh, you can go and leave your comment. We will likely be putting up an engagement for this to make it easier for folks. Um, I just shared the what, link to that tweet in the chat. Excellent. Uh, what this does is uh, this is about the synthetic nicotine rule. And this would allow manufacturers who timely file PMTAs with FDA to keep their products made with synthetic nicotine on the market throughout the scientific review process. Uh, for those of you who followed the synthetic nicotine drama, uh, Congress, well, FDA ultimately gave manufacturers 90 days to get their uh, applications in and uh, otherwise take products off the market. There are there's studies and research that are required for this that take longer than 90 days to do. Uh, it is physically impossible for these companies to get uh, robust, acceptable applications in on time that FDA would accept. This is very similar to how the deeming rule was rolled was rolled out. Some of these trials take th more than three years to complete. The industry was given two, uh, and so this is this is characteristic of FDA. This is obviously not a good faith effort to get applications in and protect consumers. This is about taking products off the market and punishing the industry for exploiting a workaround. Um, which, it, you know, you can call it a loophole if you want. I don't believe that. I believe that Congress in 2007, when the, the tobacco control, the language of the Tobacco Control Act was presented, uh, they didn't believe that synthetic nicotine would be a viable product. Tobacco companies didn't believe it was going to be a viable product. Nobody had any reason to suspect that synthetic nicotine was going to become a viable product until FDA started putting pressure on the industry and people started scrambling to find alternatives that they could keep selling to people who didn't want to smoke anymore. Uh, and so- And they wouldn't uh, this, be making money if there wasn't demand So from consumers. Right. <laughs> so this is, uh, and of course, technology evolved and made the process uh, less expensive, made the product more affordable. It's still more expensive than, than tobacco-derived nicotine, but it is uh, a lot more practical than it used to be. Um, and so synthetic nicotine is absolutely, absolutely a viable option because SAW supports the use of synthetic nicotine. Uh, and of course, we've had this discussion. We have a whole post about it on our website. You can go check out uh, our thinking on the matter. Uh, uh, there may be, of course, uh, an environmental footprint type of benefits here. You don't have to grow acres and acres of tobacco leaf, all the water and fossil fuels involved in, in doing that. You just synthesize it in a lab. So this may actually be a more sustainable way to provide nicotine to people who benefit from using nicotine. Um, and so again, all of this, uh, we've got the link to the tweet in our chat. If you're interested in checking that out, uh, if you're not following Amanda Wheeler on Twitter, definitely go ahead and, and give her a follow uh, to keep up with this. And we, of course, will be putting out our own call to action on this uh, and emailing everybody uh, in our membership. Um, and the final thing is, if you are in the state of Hawaii, there is still an effort to veto a bill that would ban flavors down there. Uh, and that is, of course, on our website. Um, but that is the non-legislative rundown rundown. <laughs> Damn, that could have been a rundown. Well, I don't want to do it that way. I could have played the bumper. <laughs> want I just want to. Just old time sake. I just, just want to clarify. You want me to play it now? I'll play it now. Don't <laughs> tempt me. I got my finger on the trigger for it right here, right now. <laughs> I just want to clarify our our little summer break is not 
everything. It's just the live show. Uh, the Twitter spaces will still be happening on alternate Wednesdays. And for our viewers, we are, um, I'm converting those over to YouTube videos so that you can listen to stuff on YouTube. Uh, it would be awesome if you guys, we're still gonna have the chat. I'm gonna do it as a way, pretty much the same way I did it the last time with the, the Twitter spaces that we did. I saw some people did show up in the chat, which was great. Um, so if you can keep, keep visiting, it'll be every other Saturday, the opposite one from when the Twitter spaces is and um kind of help keep our algorithm on you know we love you guys and um we, we love your support and we just you know advocacy can get a little burnt out with all the stuff that's going on and with summer you know how things go so um yeah please come and still watch and 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 help us keep going with the with the videos that we have on uh um and, and come listen to it on twitter too if you want but i know a lot of people who do like facebook and 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 I will upload to Facebook too. Um, but I know you guys, a lot of you guys, you people have their preferences on what they want. Sometimes YouTubers won't go to Twitter and Twitter won't go to Facebook. And you know, so. I, I, I do, I, I do want to add, this is not kind of a, a hard and we're not absolutists here. So if there is breaking news over the summer, we will absolutely uh, come on here again and talk about it on a Saturday or, or whenever we can all get together. Um, but yeah, it is, it is time for us to, to, get our Saturdays back for a little bit and, and get some headspace and take a breather. So um, right, thank like you everyone for just like showing up and the FDA, Then we're definitely going to have an episode. Right. <laughs> what a beautiful day that would be. Anyway, <laughs> right. I'll stop daydreaming about it now. <laughs> I think we should all go act up and sit down at the FDA. Anyways, <laughs> that's going to do it uh, this week for us here. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, like Kristen said, we're definitely going to have content that's still going to be going up on social media. Please try to tune in if you you know, you know can, if you want to. Put it on in the background while you're doing whatever else around the house or around the yard. Uh, not only does it benefit you and the, the gaining of knowledge, but it also helps us in that pesky algorithm. Uh, so, you know. It's a win-win situation for everybody. Uh, there will be a podcast version of this episode. I know you guys already just watched it, but tell your friends. Tell people who like podcasts. Hey, check out Casa over on SoundCloud. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts and all over the place as well. So check it out. Follow along. Subscribe. Do all the things. Click all the buttons. Punch your computer. Do it all. Don't really punch your computer, though. Maybe. Just a little, but not hard. Um, otherwise... I think uh, I think we covered. Yeah, we covered our, our vacation. We've got the podcast. Uh, if you're not a member of CASA, you're absolutely doing everything wrong. Leave immediately. Head over to CASA.org. Uh, sign up. Become a member. It's absolutely free. We promise we're not just going to fill your inbox with 30 emails a day. That's not what we do here. You're only going to get the best and most important ones. Uh, but absolutely head over to CASA.org. And while you're there, drop your testimonial. We have over 13,000, I believe, right? We've We've broken oh, yeah. 13,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 13,700, I believe. Oh, yeah, we're, we're well approaching 14. Yeah. Up Get there. your testimonials in. Please share with us and share with everyone else how you quit smoking, what products work for you. Uh, share it. It's great. Ours are all in there. I'm assuming Alex and Kristen have testimonials in there. Mine is absolutely in there somewhere. Um, go Mine ahead and share your testimonials. Kristen does an amazing job. She pulls testimonials and puts cool graphics to them, shares them around. I always, whenever we share one on Instagram, it goes into my story. Uh, I share them all over Twitter. 
Uh, and it's, it's just really great to see and hear and connect with other people and their stories because your story, my story, Alex's, Kristen's, everybody here, Breeze Tone's story, Skip Murray's story, everybody's story matters. Uh, so get your testimonials in. And while you're there, if you want to check out some sweet merch and you want to be that walking billboard of tobacco harm reduction, you can do that over on the CASA merchandise page. Uh, check it out. Do all the things on CASA. There's lots to do, lots of clicky maps to explore, lots of historical timelines and facts and studies and all sorts of stuff. Great ways to get involved. And also check out, if you are on Facebook, your state page. We've got them all. If you live in a state, we have that state. We have that page. It's there. It exists and you can join it. I think that's it for my spiel. Done with the spiel? Cool. I think the spiel is over. You guys, have a really great summer. We're going to miss you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you back in September. But please check our check out our uh, Twitter. We'll, we'll have something up every other Saturday still, regardless. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And every other Wednesday on Twitter, still doing the live things. Yep. Still doing the live things. But we don't have to get all dressed up and pretty, and Alex doesn't have to swoop his hair for any shows or anything. He can just hang out in his pajamas and, you know. He likes that part. Yeah, yeah. All That's right. why I used to only do audio-only podcasts. Look, you guys, <laughs> some days I sit here and the secret about podcasting or YouTubing or doing any kind of content is we're not always wearing pants. I am currently wearing <laughs> pants. We're not always wearing pants. Ask Matt Cully how many times he wears pants when he makes videos. All right. Not often. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how often Matt wears pants, and I'm not going right. to speculate you guys, on it. That's it. All the dads out there, happy Father's Day tomorrow. Happy Father's Day. And dads, grandparents, you know, happy Father's Day and happy 4th of July when it's coming up soon. And um, enjoy your summer. Try to relax. Try to have some fun. Breathe. All right. 